You're listening to the Gisco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt, from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbrite. Now, this is the podcast where we talk about bicycles just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. We're going to talk about bikes and the social end of it. So come for the fun, stay for the bikes, leave with a smile. Whatever order you want to put fun, bikes, smile in. Yeah, bikes make you smile. They're fun. (laughs) You get the gist, right? Yeah. You know what we're talking about. We're talking about fun stuff. Usually fun stuff. Occasionally we'll talk about some serious stuff, but for the most part we're going to talk about the fun stuff. And um, I had a little fun little getaway this weekend. I uh, had a little gathering of some of my high school buddies over in Chicago. Oh, cool. yeah, so we had uh, one from Florida, one from, I think, the Pacific Northwest. We had one from Milwaukee, uh, one or two from, from Chicago. It was it was really cool. Yeah. And, um, you know, to get to a big city like Chicago, it was kind of kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're, they're kind of, you know, we're all talking about what we do for a living. And I'm, I'm you know, I'm not sure they quite grasp what I do for a living, but, um, but it was kind of fun <laughs> to try to explain. Um, but the neat thing was we're in a bar and, um, I said, Oh, you know, I said, I'll, I'll show you along the way. And, and one, one gal said she was from, um, you know, like Sioux city area. And I said, well, I'll watch, watch this. I'm like, do you know what Ragbray is? And she's like, Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, she's like, <laughs> and it was just like, Oh, they were just like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe we got lucky here. And after about the, the third or fourth person that had anything to do with near the state of Iowa, I said, do you, do you know what Ragbri is? Or do you know what that bike event is? And they would say, Oh, Ragbri. Yeah. So then after a while, my friends were like, I guess he's, yeah, maybe he's got a legitimate job. He's not just putting on the. Yeah, so I, th- right. I thought that was kind of kind of comical. Um, no, but they're they're good guys. They're from, um, like I said, I have some of them I haven't seen in wow, I'm going to say 25 years or so. But um, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. Cool. Not not too many people biking in in downtown Chicago, which I was kind of surprised. Maybe the weather yeah. wasn't stellar, but yeah. And it's always windy. I don't know why they call that the Windy City, but right. it's, it's always windy. But a lot of fun. Neat town. Wouldn't want to live there. Fun <laughs> visit, though. So did you have some – were there, like, bike lanes around where you were staying, or was that just you were in a kind of well, a bad spot? Well, like, you know, the main drag through Chicago, Miracle Mile, whatever you want to call it, uh, Michigan Ave, there, you're not riding on that. There's just – cars and taxis and ubers and just uh, it's just chaos there i mean if you're a pedestrian trying to get across the street you know good luck it's kind of frogger Mm -hmm. but um but some of the side streets there were some you know actually dedicated protected bike lanes which i thought were pretty cool Yeah. yeah and you had to get a little bit away um had to get a little bit away i talked to uh went over to um goose island you know goose oh, island yeah. is a, a big sponsor of ours uh, with ragbury that was one of the main reasons going going over there and mm-hmm. uh met with, with dave smith over there with goose island and gave sure. me a big tour we had a meeting about about future and all that and um you know the the he's he's a you know huge cyclist and he says you know he'll ride ride his bike at, at times but 
he said it's kind of crazy getting getting around Chicago sometimes. So yeah. bike commuting can be can be a bit tricky in certain areas, but um, you know some of them do tough it out, and and that's a cool little biking culture that they've got in that. Obviously, you know breweries and people that that commute by bike kind of go hand in hand. So um, nice nice visit over there, and like I said, it's. Um, not for me for living there, but but cool place to visit. How's that? Yeah, you know, and it's it's too bad because it, oftentimes bicycles aren't a consideration when they built these cities, and and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean it should be easier to get around. I know, you know, you and I have been on bike trips where we've rented uh, bike share bikes or something and, and gone, and you always get caught in that little spot where probably most bicyclists wouldn't ride their bike, um, yeah. but it should be easier than that. It it, it should be yeah. We need to do better, so yeah. we'll work on that. Yeah, yeah. I just expected bike share bikes to be pretty much on every corner. I did, I did see a few at like the you know tourist central kind of spots where mm-hmm. there was green space and all that, but certainly not outside of you know every hotel or anything like that that you would almost expect um, walking down like the major you know thoroughfares of Chicago. You right. would think there'd be bike shares and and all that. So yeah. Oh well. And I don't think. Chicago's gone to a dockless bike share system like a lot of the other communities have where they can be kind of uh, they're not locked in a in a kiosk sort of arrangement so hmm. I know some other communities are kind of uh, messing with that concept so and and we've messed with that concept a little bit too and we're still working on it but uh, yeah there's opportunities there so we'll see where that uh, where that takes it hmm. people like bikes mark is that is that what yeah. Is that a segue? Yeah. Is that a, uh, well, I want to bring this up because I, I saw this on, on the, the Facebook here recently that uh, uh, a lot of string of bike thefts here lately. And I think it has something to do with, with people going back to college that we start to see that. Usually in this hmm. fall time of year, we start to see people getting bikes lifted. You know, some of it is, is you know, the owner that you assume your bike's safe. And so you leave it on your porch and your patio, and, and then suddenly it's gone. Um, the other ones are, are pretty brazen thieves that will just walk into your garage, take your take your bikes, and, and be gone with it. And that that Yikes. sucks. That's violating. Yeah, yeah. So don't want don't want that to happen to you ever. Yeah, or, or any of those those you know ones you just described to happen. To yeah. You. I live in a I live in a condo complex and and so we got kind of a uniform garage that we all share, and we got broke into before and, and they didn't take any of our bikes which is is fine they were good going for teeny tiny small stuff change and cameras and things like that, um, and they eventually caught them and I think one of our neighbors put their name on their camera is what happened, uh, so mm. uh, yeah things ended up turning up but I was like oh man if they took the bikes that would that would Ooh. really suck. So, yeah. Huh. Well, uh, I guess you know you you definitely want to lock them up, but you don't you don't even think about locking your bike in the garage. You know, yeah. just um, you know, I'm always yelling at my kids, make sure you close the garage door because you know we've got you know, tons of bikes in there, and yeah. uh, that that would be not very good if um, someone came in and took took your prized possession bikes away. That would yeah. not be good. Yeah. No, not good. Yeah. yeah. So what else is going on in your world? You know, we got draft coming up tomorrow night in the Quad sure. Cities. This is at Ruby's yeah. Beers, Bikes, and Brats. Oh, yes. Beers, um, Bikes, and Brats. You mix those together. So I'm going to go over for that. I know AP and, and uh, 
and uh, AKA Murph are running the yeah. show. Um, I'm just there to drink some beers and hang out and uh, meet some people, which will be fun. Um, well, it's a great place to drink beers at a place called Beers, Brats, and Bikes. I know you, you can't know. go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to think about what it, well what we have to drink. Well, yeah. beer, I guess. And it's turning hmm. out, it's turning out to be a huge crowd. I mean, uh, no doubt the Quad City Bike Club will show up in force, and and uh, they got a pretty good biking scene over there in the Quad Cities. Uh, so good. I think that'll be a great event. Looking forward to yeah. it. Um, Jingle Cross going to be here before we know it, September 28th through the 30th. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about that a little bit more. That's always a fun, just a blast. Even if you're not competing, if you just want to go out and check out, you know, the, the cool scene over in Iowa city. I mean, that, that is just, you know, it's over at the fairgrounds. What a fun of event. And I don't know if you know anything about, about, you know, cross racing whatsoever, you can go out there and have a great time. You pick up on it quickly. Like right. I said, even if you don't, you know, if you're not biking over there or anything like that, just go out and check it out. I think you'll be glad you did. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then Cedar Valley uh, Nature Trail Bike Weekend, October 13th, 14th. Uh, Murph's got an event that she's working on to raise money for the Cedar Valley Nature Trail from Cedar Rapids to Waterloo. Biking yeah. up there, staying overnight and biking back the next day. So that sounds pretty fun. But that's yeah. the that's the big Lots. things on the calendar. Minus our trip, we depart uh, bright and early Sunday morning. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, um, Reno. Yeah, we're going to Reno, and and I don't know, Murph and I were talking about it, uh, the schedule the other day. Uh, Parrot sent us a whole list of activities that uh, that uh, we have to partake in, and then they added yoga. Uh, yoga. So now we can go to yoga in the mornings before huh. we go to the session. You're, are you down for that? Are you only are, only if it's with goats? Are I'm you downward goat, dog goat. for that? <laughs> I'm, all, I'm only into the goat yoga because I seen that uh, that someone was doing some goat yoga. So um, okay, that would be pretty cool. Okay, so we we're gonna reach out. One of our listeners has to know a goat yoga place that we can get TJ to there go. We go. Goat yoga. So so email us and, and let us know because we want to get we want to <laughs> get evidence of TJ goat yoga. Yeah, you can't, goat yoga. You can't take it seriously if it's goat yoga, can you? I, I if you're the goat, do you or, or uh, no, probably not? No, I'm guessing know. not. Interesting know. though. I'm sure there's like chimpanzee yoga too somewhere, like or you know or other kangaroo yoga. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of variations, but but yes, yoga on the schedule. Yoga is on the schedule. Yes. Uh, yes. Lime bike is launching in uh, Reno, um, mm. and I think it's already launched. So we're going to be kind of in the beginning end of it. The bikes won't be totally abused yet. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing how dockless bike share is working in Reno. I think that'll be a fun, uh, much more bikeable place than Las Vegas is. So that'll be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. It's a little different kind of schedule, a little different, obviously different, different city, different, Mm -hmm. different everything. So looking forward to it. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we got a lot of friends out there. Um, Justin Gottlieb, now the new director of Interbike, mm-hmm. wish him all, all the success in the world out there. Um, good friend for a long time and he's, he's a Gator grad. So, um, wish him, wish him all the best with that, that little bike show they put on out there. 
So we'll have to give everybody a report when we get back. We have a demo. Yeah. We have at least a demo day that we'll spend out at uh, uh, North Star um, yeah. and, and the area out there. Um, maybe even, I don't know what our schedule is going to be like on Sunday if we're going to have enough time to get out there. But that ought to be a good time where we can go out and, and test ride some bikes and get a good mm-hmm. sample of what's on the market. Um, yeah, and then yeah. and then we're working the floor the next couple of days talking to sponsors yeah. and things like that. So, Yeah, when I get back, that's probably time that we start thinking about this route because all the applications will be in by then. Um, mm-hmm. September 15th is the, the deadline, if you will. There's a few that'll straggle in after that point that, that call us up and say, hey, we got this one coming in. The mayor's on vacation or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but it'll be fun. We're, we're going to start thinking about what the future RAGBRAI. We just, we just completed our logo. So we're very happy with that. Um, really need to have that done by, by Interbike when we start talking jerseys and all that. So, um, be probably looking at probably about three to four weeks before we officially launch our new logo. So yeah. I think people are gonna people are gonna enjoy it. So you know, I I always find it interesting too because you're always kind of like ah three or four weeks, but you know I've always been impressed because Ragbri part of the newspaper industry and and that's always <laughs> a deadline driven sort of thing. And and while you might say three to four weeks, Ragbri's always been a kind of a really kind of naturally deadline driven and and scheduled mm-hmm. sort of event when you guys roll it out. And I'm always impressed yeah. that yeah. that has continued throughout the process. That's always pretty cool. Yeah. Gotta stay gotta stay on task. Deadlines yeah. and commitments. I think Bobby Seeger saying that, you know, <laughs> against the wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you know, imagine you're 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 taking a town of a size of two thousand people and blowing it up to thirty thousand people, and planning for it in six months. I mean, you gotta get stuff done. Work work takes the amount of time allotted, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's why we we stay on schedule, regimented kind of task, and and you know what, they'll get it done. Whoever whoever we pick, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do a great job. Yeah. So, um, but we just got to we just got to find the right towns and the right time to do it, and it'll all work out. And you know, we're coming. We'll we'll be there that next summer, no matter what. So cool. So well, cool. cool. Well, I know Merce got an interview. She's talking, just an, an insane athlete. You know, doing <laughs> a what was it? The, the divide or tour what, divide? What yeah, was? tour and, divide. Andrea Cohen. Wow. And what was it, 27 days of, of craziness on the bike? Yeah, speaking of plans, she, she said that on the first day that that was her goal. And she, she yeah. yeah, I'm anxious to see, you know, what she what she thought about the ride and, and how it went for yeah. her. Yeah. yeah, it was really cool. And I know she's kind of in your backyard, works over at World of Bikes. Mm-hmm. And I know um, our good friend Ryan Baker over there, let her, let her have a let her have the time to go do that so you know hats off to those the people like that that say you know what this is a really cool opportunity go go do it and um wish there were more bosses like that that understood that you know these are life altering opportunities at times so um yeah it's a good listen so um ak murph always does a nice job with with bike friends that come on the podcast so so give a listen to ak murph and andrew cohen Bike Podcast listeners, aka Murph here, and with me today is Andrea Cohen. Hey, Andrea. Hi. Well, Andrea is an amazing cyclist who isn't afraid to test her limits and get dirty doing it. 
Would you say that's a true statement? I would agree with that, yeah. <laughs> She's done many rides and races that most people can only dream about. And this past June, she tackled the Tour Divide, which is a self-supported, uh, we're talking 2,745 miles uh, mountain bike ride that stretches from Canada down to Mexico. Um, you probably did a few extra miles if you got off route. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> Um, well, well, also Andrea did this on a single speed, so I'm super excited to hear more about this. So let's get started. So how about start off by telling us exactly what Tour Divide is all about? Yeah, sure. Um, it is an unsupported kind of a self-contained mountain bike trip. So the idea is that there's no outside help from anyone. It's just you on your oh, bike. Okay. Um, so it's a free event. You show up at a predetermined time, which was June 8th at 8 a.m., and you all leave together for the Grand Depart. Uh, the route itself is created by Adventure Cycling Association. Oh, sure, yeah. And then uh, the actual Tour Divide bike race is a little bit of a takeaway from that, so not the same exact route. And how it's, I guess, uh, performed or how they modify and... Uh, how the event is set up is it's through a track leader's page where you send in your spot tracking device and then they can follow you, the race coordinators, and can keep track of you and make sure you're staying on the course. And then if you deviate from the course, you'd be disqualified if you didn't go back to the course. Oh, wow. Um, and then within that track leader's site, they can also see how fast you're moving and you have to stay within a certain parameter to be considered a racer, Okay. which I think is about 90 miles a day. Uh, so that's how the race works, but it's a, a route and a ride that you can do at any point. So, so it is considered a race, meaning you are mm -hmm. trying to get from point A to point B in a, yep, at in a, a good pace. set of time. Yeah. Yeah. Set time. And then you can also do an individual time trial version. So you can go at any point in the year and just oh. declare I'm racing tour divide. Everyone look at my little dot on the track leaders page. <laughs> I'll be wandering around for a while. So if you have a track leaders page, mm -hmm. um, were your fans able to yep. follow you and watch you and make sure you weren't yep. like stuck someplace, falling off a cliff or something? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> How many people do this event, the, the one that happens in June? Yeah, so the Grand Depart this year had 166 riders leave officially, which is a huge number. Mm -hmm. uh, it about doubled from last year, I think. And then about 75 people finished officially within the racing parameters. Wow. That's so, so quite yeah. a big. And, you know, not all of those people who are leaving together are technically racing. Some people are just there to leave with everyone and they're doing their own tour. Mm. So and then some people were riding from south to north. The Grand Depart technically leaves from north to south. Oh, so okay. from Canada. Sure. It's interesting as a side note that it's considered a race. You do have to register for it, mm -hmm. but it doesn't cost anything. Nobody's there to help you. It's it's just an interesting dynamic in how it came to be and that people want to do it. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah. And it's, um, you know, as things progress and as this becomes more accessible, which we saw with the big group of people leaving, 166 mm -hmm. people, um, it's just something that uh, trying to keep it as low-key as possible and as self-supported and... It's a big investment. Right. So Right. Yeah. In 10 years, let's, we should circle back and then it's probably sponsored and. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Everything's e-bikes and oh paid. I, I hope not. <laughs> let's hope not. Yeah. 
Um, so when you talk about Tour Divide, how many hours a day were you spending on your bike? I was spending anywhere from 8 to 15 hours. I think my average was about 10 hours a day. Wow. So. Wow. And did you pack food and water or were there stops or were you kind of winging it or? I was kind of winging it. Um, for me, this ride felt like a natural progression with uh, adventure cycling initially proposing the route you know 20 years ago they put this route out mm -hmm. so it seemed like a really well-researched route there's mm -hmm. books about it there's tons of accounts from people who have written it so it felt to me like you could kind of show up and assume that there'd be food every right. about every 60 to 80 miles we could find food and water water became a little scarce at some times but the longest stretch was about 150 miles okay carrying Which your own water can be a little risky yeah. If it was, you know, the right temperature mm -hmm. or the wrong temperature. Um, describe the, like, road and trail quality. Yeah, so the roads and the trails, they were everything from, I mean, paved roads were part of it. Um, dirt roads, gravel roads, and then double track roads and single track. So wow. everything. Well, I think this is an appropriate time to uh, get to telling us about the bicycle that you chose yeah. for this adventure. Yeah, so I rode a Salsa Cycles Wood Smoke, mm -hmm. uh, which is a hardtail mountain bike. It's a carbon fiber frame. I took the suspension off of it and put rigid fork on it so I could carry more stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, the bike itself can be single speed capable with a fancy dropout system on the back. So it was designed to be ridden that way. Um, and then beyond that, it was set up with a generator hub for my lights and oh, for sure. a USB charger, mm -hmm. which was really great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was really simple. I didn't have a ton of mechanical issues because I just didn't have a lot of moving parts besides mm -hmm. wheels and and uh, some pedals and crank. So that seems like a pretty smart move, but then did you ever like rethink that when you were <laughs> going up a hill or down <laughs> a hill and you couldn't? No, I, um, I really like it. I mean, and yeah. that's part of the... Choosing the bike and choosing the the gear and the way that you approach the route is is feeling like this is what I should be doing. Mm -hmm. So I've ridden a single speed mountain bike plenty before. It's kind of how I started mountain biking. And so when I approached this event and this amount of mileage, it just seemed like, like it a felt right. normal mm -hmm. choice. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So this reminds me, um, I cannot remember the name of the movie. I think it's Wild with Reese Witherspoon mm. where she hikes the Pacific Crest Trail mm -hmm. and then she had stuff mailed to her like every couple weeks. Yeah. So how, what was your packing style? Like did you literally have all your stuff on your bike and that's all you had the whole time? Yeah, that was, I had all of my stuff. Um, I did try to get something sent to me and it did eventually get to me, but it took so much work to get it there that it was oh, like, yeah. I don't even want this stuff anymore. <laughs> and so um, everything I started with, which... Uh, Bike Iowa did little videos kind of showcasing what I left with. Oh, okay. And we'll do one recapping what I came home with, which I ended up getting rid of more things than, you know, maybe it balanced out in the end. I picked up little things that I thought I needed and mm -hmm. threw away things I didn't. Mm -hmm. So in the end, I started with basically what I, you know, ended with what I started with. Sure. And I assume you were either camping or hammocking? Yeah, camping. Um... And then there was some hotels we would share with people because I did ride with people most of the time. Oh, nice. Since, you know, 160 of us started, mm -hmm. um, I was never without a person at night. So we could either get a hotel and share it because the weather was horrible at 
for the oh. for a good bit of the start and then um if we were camping together we could share camping space and i had a bivy so okay just a basically a bag for my sleeping bag to go in mm-hmm. and it could shove into your yep. bike packing and system yep, my bike bags <laughs> yep excellent did you have to wear anything on your body like a backpack or fanny pack or was everything on the bike everything was on the bike so i had and i had a pretty minimal setup compared to some people um Clothing, I had just about one piece of every clothing item, so short sleeve, long sleeve, Mm -hmm. one pair of bibs, uh, one pair of long pants, and then rain gear, which was a lot less than some other people. So, uh, and then the bivy and my sleeping bag system were very small, Mm -hmm. and I could get away with just a full frame bag, which the wood smoke from salsa is designed to have a huge triangle in the middle for frame bags, Mm -hmm. so that had way too much stuff in it <laughs> um i had a big seat bag which was made by revelate uh, the frame bag was rogue panda mm-hmm. then i had two little bags by my handlebars and then two on, along my top tube so i had one two three four five six bags okay on the bike that carried everything mm-hmm. and then i would strap things to my handlebars because i had a bar yak system it's like an aero bar but on the handlebars i would just strap like bananas or which uh peanut butter jelly sandwiches these are all the things i'm thinking of remembering going downhills and them flying off the handlebars because they weren't they were strapped down with their food so they you know squishy exploded yeah (laughs) is there anything that you had to eat during this event that you don't ever want to eat again oh god um probably honey buns (laughs) i ate a lot of honey buns um a lot of dried apricots for some reason. Um, uh, I I did, I have uh, things I do want to eat again are BLTs and mm. PB&Js. Nice. A lot of that. Yeah. For good, some reason. Good protein and kind of yeah. easy to make. So, yeah, good, mm-hmm. good. Um, so you said you were, you got, you were able to ride with people a lot of the time. So that probably made the, you know, the days go by mm-hmm. easier. Yeah, so when I left for the ride, my plan was to finish in 28 days, which in my mind was uh, kind of a touring pace, less of a racing pace. Mm-hmm. And I settled into a group with actually another person who works here at the World of Bikes, Jason. Mm-hmm. And he and I rode together with another friend, and then that kind of morphed into three other people riding with us, and then... And then, again, the group changed, so it was just me and one other person riding to the end okay. together. Okay. So, And did you cross the finish line? Yeah. Yeah, you did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. Success. 27 days, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And even a day ahead of schedule. <laughs> a day ahead of schedule. I thought it was 29 days, but, you know. Oh, nice. Couldn't figure out anything. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, uh, tell us about your mental game. What kept you going? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, initially a lot of... First convincing myself to ride until my birthday, which was on June 18th, so okay. 10 days into the ride. Uh, the first probably four to five days were really hard, but a lot of people were around, and you could talk to people, and um, they would remind me that, you know, like, the first four days is the hardest, and just little thoughts like that were really helpful. Um, I did reach out to the community to help with uh, snack funding, <laughs> and that, for me, was a really good... Um, motivator to keep me you know eating yeah and just moving and and just realizing that all I had to do was ride my bike and eat food and right. keep moving and 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 you probably saw all the great support coming at you yeah I, the support was 
it was overwhelming. Um, it, it kind of reminded me, you know, even though I'm out here, a lot of the time I was alone just mm-hmm. by myself for a good, you know, part of those 10, ten hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have, you know, my mind. But then I'd also get to service. You know, I didn't have service every day. So the times that I would, it would just kind of come flooding in. And it was really, sure, really helpful. Sure, sure. Um what was the first thing you did after you crossed the finish line? <laughs> <laughs> I did lay down on the ground. <laughs> um, yeah, there was the finish line. There's nothing there. It was just a closed border crossing. The oh. border closed at four. We got there at eight. So there was no one there. Oh, sure. um, a person whose his job, his own job he created was to be a person who he collects riders at the end of the ride or he goes out to the and gets hikers so we were waiting for that person to show up and just kind of sat there and hung out and hung out thought I just did it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um well what made you decide to even do this adventure um yeah and this is well right about this time of the year last year was when I was actually deciding to do this um I signed up for the Spotted Horse, which I'm doing again this year. It's the gravel ride in St. Charles, Iowa that Sarah Cooper puts on. Oh, okay. And so, and that's in about a month. So I'd started thinking about it seriously about now. Um, I did the Spotted Horse, which is in a month. I'll do it again this year. And after I finished that ride, I decided I am doing Tour Divide. And then I asked my boss here at World of Bikes, Ryan Mm -hmm. Baker, Said, can I shout out to Ryan yeah. Baker? Shout out to Ryan Baker. We're actually using his office, aren't we? <laughs> this is a beautiful office. I <laughs> Thanks, like sitting Ryan. in his chair pretending like I'm him. Um, <laughs> they said, Ryan, can I go do Tour Divide next year? And he just, in his quiet way, just shook his head yes. And and for me, that is, you know, this is my my job. My I've spent the last seven years here working pretty darn hard. And the fact that he said yes to leaving for the whole summer is. Sure. Then I was like, yep, I have to do it. Yeah. I have to go. Yeah, when you have his support. That's, yep. That's pretty awesome. Um, let's see. So gravel riding. Let's talk mm. about that because I think that's a huge passion of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe tell us how you got into it, why it's such an amazing, uh, you know, biking choice. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I actually, now that I've been back from Tour Divide for about, Oh gosh, like eight weeks, I suppose. I'm starting to reacclimate myself and mm-hmm. become, I guess, a more well-rounded cyclist. So going back to the gravel for me is has been tough, and which is why it's, you know, salsa cycles is maybe a thing, and it definitely <laughs> is. So sure. as a person who um, I started riding gravel like seven years ago, Trans Iowa, mm-hmm. I signed up because it was free, and I was a broke college student. Nice. Um, and Trans-Iowa is you're literally gravel riding across the state? That's the idea. Mm-hmm. It, it was pretty much a big circle. So logistically, oh, okay. you could get back to where you started. Sure. But 300-mile gravel ride, uh, that's where I started learning about gravel and understanding it. And the community, just I kind of latched onto it. And then Salsa Cycles kind of popped in there and bolstered my enjoyment, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And And it's just gravel cycling has exploded from there. And what I am still doing with gravel is riding it and trying to find those, you know, spotted horses, a 200-mile ride, mm-hmm. uh, trying to find longer events that I can challenge myself with and also get more people out on gravel. Mm-hmm. 
which is really fun. Which we should do a quick shout out. You do Monday yeah. gravel rides for anybody who's in mm-hmm. the Iowa City area, right? Yeah. And that's, I assume that's a free ride. It's free. Oh, yeah. It's a free, um, every Monday we leave at 6.15 from World of Bikes. Mm-hmm. It's a no drop ride, which I'm super Ooh, nice. adamant about. Um, and that's, I suppose, with gravel. I am I am very opinionated and have strong beliefs in how you should ride with people and together and uh, the Gravel Scouts is a group I'm trying to create just to get more people oh. comfortable on gravel. Sure. Because I I feel pretty darn comfortable on it. Yeah. Um, and that's because I starting with events like Trans Iowa. That's a grassroots. It's was a free event up until this year when it ended, which was a 14 year run. So, mm-hmm. in my mind you should be able to just go out and ride gravel that's what yeah. we have in Iowa yeah we don't have mountains and oceans or yeah. <laughs> I uh did a podcast with Jacob Spath not too long ago which mm-hmm. I know that you know him and I asked him the same question because I am not uh well versed on gravel but mm-hmm. I'd like to be so what would you give to advice to somebody who's maybe just starting out yeah it would be um to find people to ride with yeah there's and that's what the gravel scouts are for me. Mm-hmm. I started the Monday night ride because I wanted people to ride with. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's can you know it's grown into people going to events with me now mm-hmm. instead of me going by myself, which nice. was never fun. Yeah. But the people were at the events and the community is there. So find someone, anyone, you can ride any bike. I don't care if it if it's not a gravel anything, <laughs> just go try it. Right. Um, and yeah, and just. Um, I guess let go of expectations for yourself, and if you go on a one-mile ride or a 15-mile ride, 100-mile mm-hmm. ride, it's yeah. it's all the same. And I, um, two pieces of advice that I've listened to that I want to try out with Jacob, it was uh, tire pressure. So mm-hmm. he said the same as you. You can take any bike out on sure. gravel as long as you're, you know, with somebody who can teach you about tire mm-hmm. pressure. And my tires were too full when I did gravel. And the, yep rocks were shooting every which way which (laughs) gave me panic yeah and then uh coop he um owns bikes to you in grinnell Mm -hmm. and he said always look 50 feet ahead don't look straight down just always look ahead Mm -hmm. which would keep you moving forward and not worrying about the one rock that might be under you so that's good i may have to come try your monday night you should especially if it's no drop yeah definitely no drop no one left behind excellent excellent well what other biking adventures have you been on i know you've been on a ton yeah, a ton, which is um, part of why it's it's almost hard to talk about gravel sometimes because it's so much of what I do. And sure. I, uh, looking back at what I've done, I think, you know, the things that stand out the most are the grassroots rides, mm-hmm. the spotted horse, which you pay for it, but you show up and there's, you know, it's just you riding your bike. Mm-hmm. Sarah's there with a route for you and volunteers. And nice. That's about it. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, simple things. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite place to ride when you're just not racing or? Yeah. Um, I really like being about 50 miles away in any direction from here in Iowa City. Uh-huh. I really enjoy, um, I have routes that go from here to Des Moines or here to Davenport where I'm actually from. Mm-hmm. And then I can just kind of escape, you know, the normal just I'm going out for a training ride thought or I'm. You know, I'm doing some sort of event. It's just me riding my bike. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, well, what's up next for you? Oh, you, next. You mentioned Spotted Cow. Or, or I'm sorry, Spotted yeah. Horse. Say spotted Cow's Beer. Spotted but, you know, something. <laughs> spotted, <laughs> spotted Horse. That's on October 6th. Um, 
The next thing, actually what Gravel Scouts are doing uh, as a, a group of people, we're putting on the Gravel Group Ride for Jingle Cross. Oh, yeah, which, which is September 29th. Yep, coming right up. So it used to be a Gravel Fondo, which was a big deal and it cost money. Mm-hmm. And then this year, Jingle Cross reached out and they said, we want to do Gravel. Uh, can you do that for us? And so it's a group ride. Leaves at 7 a.m. on Saturday the 29th. If you do the the free ride, then you get a, a comped entry to the World Cup event. Great. So, yeah. you know, if you don't care about cyclocross or you don't want to race it or you just you're curious, come ride gravel with us. It's about forty five mile ride. We'll have snacks and water and excellent. <clears throat> yeah. And then uh, the Iowa Bike Coalition is doing the bike valet. So after yeah. you finish the gravel ride, come park your bike with us <laughs> for free and then go you know Thanks. check out what cyclocross is all about. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, the big question we have to ask every guest is favorite pie. Oh, favorite pie is strawberry rhubarb. Strawberry rhubarb. That's Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. That's very good. Which was plentiful on the Tour Divide. Well, didn't you say there was a special pie? Oh, yeah. Pie Town. Gosh, Pie Town. There's (laughs) Pie Town in New Mexico, which by the time I personally got to Pie Town, I was falling apart. And all of the Pie Town restaurants were closed. Oh, no. But there's a hostel in Pie Town, the Toaster House. And I was, you know, all throughout New Mexico, it felt similar to Iowa, where you showed up to this hostel. The neighbors brought us food. Oh, excellent. You know, there was places to do laundry and shower and and just kind of become a person again for a couple hours and yeah. get back on your bike. Yeah. And did you have any pie in Pie Town? Or was I it did the next morning. Oh, good, good. Yeah, we woke up the next morning and had pie. Yeah. And now, in, in my head, if a, a town is called Pie Town, I just feel like every place you go, whether it's the gas station or a grocery store, pie. they've well, got pie everywhere. it was a very small town. Yeah. It was about, there was two buildings, the hostel, and maybe ten houses. Oh, so, so tiny. Yeah, think of, like, small Iowa town. Sure. That's yeah. what a lot of the towns were on the Tour Divide. So... Good hospitality. A lot of good hospitality. Oh, good. Good good. people. Well, uh, I had an amazing time talking to you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll interview you again in the future with other adventure updates. Yeah, totally. Sweet, sweet. Well, listeners, I'll leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Murphology. This great cycling quote comes from someone unknown. I don't ride a bike to add days to my life. I ride a bike to add life to my days. We've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in again. You know, like I said, we come to you each and every week. You know, we're in the mid-80s now as far as episodes here. Um, but we're going to talk about bikes just for the fun of it each and every week. And this uh, this podcast, you know, we, we're really fortunate. we got some great sponsors. And, and why don't you tell the listeners who those sponsors are, Mark? Think, think, think Iowa City and its curious surrounding communities. They've been a great sponsor of ours since we started this. Host of Jingle Cross on September 28th through the 30th. And they do all kinds of other great things for bicycling. So uh, look to Iowa City for, for your next uh, next trip for bicycling. Then Bikes to You, one of the best bike shop charters and, uh, and bike shops in Grinnell, Iowa. If you're looking so for some of the best women's clothing selection, April Cooper and Craig Cooper over there at Bikes to You got you covered. Finally, 
Primalware out of Denver, Colorado. If you're looking for custom jerseys, bike shorts, or other apparel, Primalware is the only place you need to look. Wow. So those are some great sponsors, and if you're not subscribing, make sure you do that. I just got a new phone, so the first thing, first app I put on my phone was you know SoundCloud, so I can listen to my podcasts. And you know if you're on Google Play or Stitcher, any of those, any of those will work. You know iTunes, whatever it takes. Get those podcasts on your phone. It's great listening materials. Uh, don't suggest you listen while you're riding a bike. You should be concentrating on the roads. But, you know, if you got a little boom system and you want to play some Just Go Bike podcast rolling down the road, hey, you know, who am I to judge? So, but a lot of people, you know, on their on their morning commute or they just want to settle down afterwards and, and, and listen, whatever works for you works for us. We'll keep delivering you each and every week a new and refreshing podcast. We're going to get one as we come back from Reno. We'll be talking about some cool stuff that's going on throughout the world. But uh, you can be assured that we're going to give you some some cool information that will put a smile on your face. So any words to leave our listeners with, Mark, today? Keep biking. Uh, weather's great. There's no sense stopping now. Get out there and ride. Just go bike. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out JustGoBike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.